The following is a sermon from Christ Memorial Church. We are a multi-site church in the St. Louis area. We are compelled by two words, loved and sent. We believe everyone is loved deeply by God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and everyone is sent with great purpose wherever they go. You can find out more about us at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Enjoy the following sermon. During this pandemic, there have been a lot of great stories that have come out about generosity that people have expressed uh, during this time, giving of gifts and talents and money in order to support those in need. But of all the stories that have come out, I think my favorite comes from British Columbia. There's a six-year-old boy in British Columbia who has been waiting to start a lemonade stand. And this was going to be the year that he was gonna open up his lemonade stand in front of his parents' house. But because of the pandemic, obviously, he's not able to open up his lemonade stand this year. And so he was thinking, what can I do to spread joy to other people, even though I can't open up my lemonade, lemonade stand? And so instead of lemonade, the little boy decided to open up a joke stand. And instead of selling lemonade as people come by, He's been freely giving out jokes to bring a little humor, to bring a little joy into people's lives as they come by. He's got some pretty good jokes, I think. I got a, I got a sampling. What is red, white, and blue? A sad candy cane. What is black, white, and red? An embarrassed penguin. Okay, I retire from comedy, but for a six-year-old boy, those are pretty good jokes. There have been... Uh, a lot of talk about giving during this time and I think that that boy in British Columbia exemplifies making lemonade out of lemons. The situation that we have been experiencing, the, the time that we're in right now is a difficult time, but how can we still spread joy and be generous in this time of a pandemic and being isolated and being uh, apart from one another? How can we continue to spread joy and more than that, be generous in that joy. In times of, of hardship and, and difficulty, it's easy uh, to actually become conservative or to, to even become uh, a little bit of a, of a hoarder, case in point, toilet paper. Uh, it's easy to, to kind of tighten up and instead of being generous with our things, to actually hold more tightly to them. Uh, it's easy to, to draw in. But Paul, in this letter to the Philippians, he continues to push back against that. And he says that in hardship, we are actually more generous. In difficulty, we are more giving than ever before. And that, and that we see in Philippians 4.10. I encourage you to to follow along, he says this, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. He goes on to say, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. In short, the church in Philippi was generous beyond measure. If you remember back to week one of this series, I introduced you to some of the people that were likely in this church in Philippi. In particular, a jailer who was whose life was spared after, after the earthquake came and the, the jail doors flew open, but Paul and the other prisoners in there didn't leave and instead they stayed. And because of that, he was converted. He and his whole family were baptized. There was a woman who was named Lydia. She was a seller of purple cloth. She was probably a successful businesswoman. And she was likely the house that this church in Philippi was hosted in. And these people were generous beyond measure. In fact, Paul says of the churches that he had planted around the, the region, around the Mediterranean as he's been on his missionary journeys, none of them entered into partnership with him in giving and receiving except this church in Philippi. They were generous beyond 
measure. But it extended beyond the, the church in Philippi. The, the early church showed generosity beyond measure. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that the church in just a short amount of time, 300 years, completely flipped the Roman Empire on its head was the gospel and the gospel being lived out in extremely and extravagantly generous ways. Do you know that it was the church that really set up what we know today as our, as our modern hospital system? The church was the first institution, was the first group of people who did that. Hospitals in first century Rome were only for the rich and for the elite, or it was a place for slaves and for the poor to just die. But it was Christians who actually cared for the lowly, for the poor, for slaves, for those who, who had no wealth, who had no name, who had no fame. They cared for them. It was the church who brought infants who were tossed aside back into their homes and adopted them and raised them. It was the church that started institutions like universities that we see today. It was extravagant and extraordinary and unusual generosity that turned the Roman Empire from a pagan culture into a Christian culture. And it happens even today. It happens through, through you. I've been making phone calls to some of our members at Reliant lately. And the thing that has blown me away more than anything has been the generosity that has been exhibited in those phone calls. They're concerned about me. Uh, they're concerned about my family. And most of all, they want to know how to help. They want to know how they, can, how they can help people. So thank you. Thank you to those folks who I've talked to on the phone and have exhibited extraordinary generosity. Your generosity is incredible. But all of you have exhibited extraordinary generosity in this time. A simple call went out to fund what we call the Community Assistance Fund. And the response was overwhelming. Tens of thousands of dollars poured in in a short amount of time. And those dollars have gone out to help our mission partners. They have gone out to help those in need within our own community. Uh, they have gone out to, to help uh, our platform ministries that are struggling in this time, like our child care center and Crave Coffee House, uh, our health and fitness center. They have, they have gone out to, to make a tangible difference. Scholars and theologians kind of universally agree that the book of Philippians is a it's a missionary thank you letter. And Paul was writing to this church to, to say thank you. And that still happens today. It just looks a little bit different. So I invite you to, to take a look at this missionary thank you letter from our mission partner, Link Bay Area in California. Aaron Putnam and the other leaders there have been one of the recipients of your generosity through the Community Assistance Fund. And this is their thank you to you. Hey friends at Christ Memorial, uh, so good to see you. This is Pastor Aaron from Link Bay Area in California. I pray all of you are safe and sound right now and continuing to be loved and sent to St. Louis and beyond. Uh, we're so thankful to be in ministry partnership with all of you. At Link Bay Area, we work with many leaders who are overlooked or underestimated by the church at large. And our mission is to engage and equip and empower these local leaders for gospel impact in their own cultural context. With COVID-19 going on right now, uh, many of these leaders are in need of a boost for their ministry. Uh, and thanks to a generous donation from all of you, they're getting the support that they need. For example, many of our leaders are bivocational workers who serve in smaller ministries. Some of them have lost their jobs during this time. Your support has allowed them to have basic immediate needs met, both for their own families and for families in their ministries. Uh, also, some of our ministries are really trying to improve or expand their digital outreach to their specific communities that they reach. 
Uh, your support has allowed technology to be purchased and to be learned and to be used to reach their communities both locally but also globally. We even have a few ministries that are not only reaching people here in California, but through their digital ministry that now they're able to do, they're reaching people back in their home countries and places across the world. Uh, thank you for that. Especially at times like this, leaders can feel isolated and burdened with difficult decisions to make. We want to make sure no leader walks alone. And that's why we're so thankful for all of you at Christ Memorial. Because in your generosity, you have given us joy. Because of you, leaders are encouraged. Because of you, leaders are empowered. Because of you, the gospel continues to go out and impact lives in the San Francisco Bay Area and beyond. Thanks for walking with us. Thanks for walking with us. Thank you for walking with us. Thanks for walking with us. Thank you for walking with us. Generosity is not just a feeling, but it's an action. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we grow in generosity and faith by giving. We grow by giving. We are called to generosity. Generosity is not just a, an ideal. It's not just uh, something that is virtuous, but it's actually, it's a command by our Lord and by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I just wanna give you three very practical ways in which we can grow in our generosity as followers of Jesus Christ. First of all, we grow in grace. And what I mean by that is we, we grow in the realization of our sin and our need for a savior. Luther talks about the Christian life being one of confession. We are always confessing we are always admitting our, our sin and our failure and our fault. We're confessing them specifically and individually. We're not brushing it over. We're not pushing it under the rug. We're not excusing it. We're not justifying it. But instead, we confess it. And that is a, that is a bold action to confess our sin. And then when we confess our sin, we receive those sweet words of forgiveness and grace and mercy from our Lord. I love you. I forgive you. You are my child. Now go. And we always realize and acknowledge that that grace and that mercy is a gift that came at great cost to Christ. And it's for us daily. And so if you want to grow in generosity, then grow in grace. Grow in the realization that you are sinful and broken and in need of a Savior. Confess your sin. Don't despair in your sin. Confess your sin. Receive those words of forgiveness and grace in your life. And then go and freely give as it's been given to you. Secondly, we grow in gratitude. Our life as a follower of Jesus Christ becomes one of gratitude. It begins in that grace that I just talked about, but then it extends to all aspects of our life, from things very basic to the air that we're breathing. We are breathing air today, therefore we have something to be thankful for. It extends to, to warm, beautiful, sunny days in the spring, to flowers in the field and birds in the air, but then it also extends to relationships that we've been given, work and vocation that we've been given, the house that we have and the roof that we have over our head. We are grateful for the extravagant love of God that he showers down to us in so many different ways. And then our life becomes one of giving thanks, of gratitude, realizing once again that none of it do we deserve or do we merit or do we earn, but everything that we have is a free gift from the hand of God. So we grow in gratitude. Our life becomes marked by a habit of gratitude. The third thing that we do as followers of Jesus Christ as we, as we hope to, to grow in generosity, and not just generosity for the sake of generosity, but 
generosity for the sake of others, generosity out of the abundance of joy that we have in Christ. The last way that we do that is by giving. We grow by giving. Oftentimes we think, you know, maybe once I have the, the certain amount of income, then I could give. Or maybe when I, when I really feel like giving, then I'll, I'll start to give. But if you want to grow in generosity, if you want to be a generous person and give generously, then start giving. Simply start giving. Start acting like the person that you want to be. Start giving freely and generously of your time. Start giving freely and generously of the, the talents that you have been given, the gifts that you have been given. And start giving freely and generously of the treasure that you have been given. Jesus puts it this way. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there is your heart. Oftentimes we think where our heart is, that's where our treasure will be. But Jesus says, where your treasure is, there is your heart. So if you want your heart to be for the, the poor, then start giving your treasure to the poor. If you want your heart to be for the immigrant or the needy, then start giving to the immigrant and the needy. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is. If you are fortunate enough or old enough to have sent a child off to college, I bet you've experienced this. Because here's what happens. Your, your child goes off to a university that you have no connection to whatsoever. You've never been there. You've never set foot on that campus, but all of a sudden, your daughter and your dollars start to go to this university and you're wearing the t-shirt, you're rooting for the teams, you're all in, you're invested. Well, what changed? Well, your treasure, your daughter and your dollars are now at that university. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If you want to be generous, then start giving and your heart will follow. Your heart follows where your hands lead. Jesus measures generosity not in how much is given, but in how much is left over. We heard that in our gospel lesson today, where Jesus is sitting and he's, he's watching the people come to the temple and give their offerings. And he sees a rich man come and give an extraordinary amount of money, but he still leaves a very, very wealthy man. And then we see a widow come and she puts in a very, very small amount of money, but it's all that she has. There is nothing left over. And Jesus says, that, that is faith. That is giving. That is generosity. It's not about the amount that's given, but it's about what is left over. God, when he gave us his son, Jesus, held nothing back. The riches of heaven were shaken out and poured out and squeezed out and wrung out on that cross. God held back nothing when he gave us his son to live among us, to heal us, to teach us, and to die for us. On the cross of Calvary, God wrung out everything that he had for us, holding absolutely nothing back so that sinners and those who don't deserve it like you and me can be redeemed and forgiven and made new and called his children and brought into his kingdom. That is the generosity that we have received. That is the generosity that you have been given. That is who you are, a receiver of generosity beyond measure, beyond anything that you could imagine or have experienced. God poured it all out for you in his son, Jesus. So as we reflect on that and as we ponder that, think about your lemonade stand. Where are you joyful? Where have you received freely and extravagantly? And where are you responding in joyful generosity? Where can you give to others where they have need and you have plenty? 
What does your lemonade stand today? You have been given a great gift in Jesus Christ. He has given it to you freely and generously. So now, take heart, be free, and live and give generously. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the sermon from Christ Memorial. If you happen to be in St. Louis or live in St. Louis, we would love to meet you and have you join us for worship on Sunday. We are located in South County, St. Louis at 5252 South Lindbergh. We also have a city site called Reliant that is located on the St. Louis University Medical Campus in Crave Coffee House. You can find all of our worship times and information at cmstl.org or reliantchurch.org. Hope you have a good day, and remember, you are loved by God deeply through His Son, Jesus Christ, and you are sent with great purpose wherever you go. Have a good day.